The Your Mark on the World show is made possible by our sponsors, including Gate Global Impact, Seed Equity Ventures, and Patch of Land. Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and we're producing this episode for GoodCrowd.info. Our guest today is Dave Chase, the managing partner of HealthFunder. Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, my pleasure to be on it. Thanks a lot. Well, we're, we're thrilled to have you here and excited to talk a little bit about investing in healthcare for impact. So I, I appreciate you sharing with me in advance a few insights, and I wanted to maybe just walk through those because I think they're all worthy of discussion. But your your first insight is a powerful insight that I think people recognize in general in the business world, but forget sometimes when they're talking about impact and social problems. But you point out that problems essentially breed opportunities. Where there's pain, there's an opportunity for business. Give us a, a little more thought about that. Sure. And I, I got to give Peter Diamandis credit for the, the quote, you know, the biggest challenges and the biggest problems in the world are the biggest business opportunities. And healthcare, uh, the deeper I've dug into it, and I've been in the industry quite a while, um, the more I've come to the conclusion that healthcare, as it's operating in the U.S. today, represents the greatest threat to the country which is a pretty big statement. Um, but if you look at the collateral damage in terms of how it's devastated education budgets, um, you know, how it's, it's not producing the kind of results and has really had a profound impact on household incomes and retirement incomes, uh, there's a real consequence uh, to that. And uh, fortunately, there are a lot of innovators, the sort of folks that we're investing in that have really figured it out and are turning the tide on that. So, Though there's a, a real challenge there, I'm an absolute optimist on the way we can get out of that. Yeah, well, it is an, uh, I think, an important principle, and so I appreciate you you sharing that and helping to elaborate on that a little bit. Uh, one of the points that you made in our pre-interview interview was that you have. Uh, seeing that you're able to radically reduce costs. And what I tell you that there's probably nothing about the U.S. healthcare system on which there is more agreement than that it is too expensive. Yeah. It's too expensive as a percentage of GDP. It's too expensive in terms of out-of-pockets for individuals. It's too expensive in terms of premiums. It's scary for most Americans to even think about health care. Tell us a little bit about the, the opportunities for reducing cost. Yep. Um, well, there's data out there from PricewaterhouseCoopers and others that suggest that more than half of what we spend on healthcare in the U.S. at least literally doesn't add value, which is a pretty tremendous statement when you consider that we're spending over $3 trillion on healthcare. That's like... I mean, their entire economy times three. Um, and, uh, you know, that's really unfortunate. Um, but the good news, as I alluded to earlier, is there's organizations who figured it out. 
Um, and part of it is there's pricing failure. In most markets, there is a correlation between quality and cost. You know, generally you buy a better car, a more expensive car, it's probably a better car. Uh, in healthcare, unfortunately, sometimes the opposite is true. You find that a lot of the lowest cost providers of things like surgeries, these are the people who do a tremendous number of surgeries with very few complications are actually the least expensive. So there's some really breathtaking uh, examples. Uh, one of my favorite that really brings us to life and, and says, hey, this is solvable. You know, I'm afraid a lot of people look at healthcare as uh, almost like Middle East peace. They know it's a big problem and a big challenge, but they almost feel helpless to solve it. Uh, whereas you have people like Harris Rosen, who is a CEO and founder of Rosen Hotels, tremendous example where, you know, starting 20 years ago, he just said, this isn't quite right what we're doing. We're going to take a different path. And not only did they become self-insured, which most companies over 100, 200 employees are, uh, that's not particularly revolutionary, but he just started, um, you know, he hired some people that knew a little bit more about healthcare than him. He didn't really know anything about healthcare. And uh, fast forward to today, and he's really a living embodiment of something that I say all the time, which is employers are pouring more than enough money to fund great health benefits and a comfortable retirement. Unfortunately, they're getting neither. Uh, and so what they are doing today is they're literally spending 50% less per capita on health benefits with a great benefits program. And they don't have the easiest uh, population of employees. They have a lot of immigrants from Haiti, for example. Uh, 56% of their pregnancies are high risk, which we know that can really drive up costs. And so they have this great health benefits package. Um, they can go to a clinic that's on site, on the clock. Um, and the nice thing is they've taken the money that they're not spending and frankly, squandering on healthcare and turned into great benefits. So after a few years of service as an employee, you get your college education paid for. And if that wasn't enough, they pay for their employees' kids' college education as long as it's an in-state school, um, which is great. But if that wasn't enough, uh, still there's money left over that in a given year, they uh, spend about $10 million less um, per year on benefits compared to similar organizations. And Harris Rosen's become a tremendous philanthropist. He adopted, started out by adopting a neighborhood near them that was crime-ridden and funded uh, daycare, then pre-K programs, then after-school programs, and now he's funded 400 college educations in this community. And during that time, high school graduation rates uh, more than doubled from 45% to nearly 100%. And crime rate went down 62%. So that's what's possible. To me, that's a great example where that was great for his employees. That was great for his business. They have incredibly low turnover. And it was, of course, great for the community. Um, and that is what's possible when we don't squander resources. And so that's a uh, great example, isn't it? It's a powerful example of what the potential is for, for cost reduction and the impacts that come from that. Great example. Thank you for walking us through that, uh, it's really, uh, really exciting, uh, the potential that that creates. One of the observations you make is related to this idea that 
having better conditions, working conditions for healthcare providers improves outcomes for patients. Quite frankly, I had never considered that possibility as obvious as it seems. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a great point. There was actually a study in the journal Lancet recently, which is one of the premier uh, medical uh, journals. And they looked at this issue. And at some level, it, it does become common sense. Um, unfortunately, if you have any friends, you have any family members who are doctors uh, or even nurses, you'll probably hear significant complaints from them. Uh, over, 50, I think it's 55%, over half of doctors are uh, you know, essentially reporting burnout symptoms. And uh, even worse, uh, the, the highest rate of suicide of any profession is doctors right now. Unfortunately, we're layering more things on top of basically a uh, broken process. And so uh, it does kind of follow a logical progression that if you have a care team that is uh, professionally challenged and satisfied and has autonomy, uh, it naturally leads to a better patient experience. When you have a better patient experience, it really creates that partnership between the two. And that's really the only way you get great outcomes. And so it, it does lead to those better outcomes and has shown that time and again, which is, of course, what we all want. And then as a happy byproduct of that, it actually costs less money. And uh, I now say I put my family where my mouth is. I've gotten my folks into one of these um, organizations. It's a Medicare Advantage program. So, you know, it's generally available um, trust me, it's not hard. I mean, it's not easy to convince, uh, you know, 80 somethings to change their doctor and their health plan when they had, uh, what they viewed as a rich program. But a year later, they just, they said, gosh, we would be testimonials for them. If, if you, if they want it, we just love it. And they were in a well-respected Seattle-based multi-specialty practice. It wasn't like they were in some bad situation relative to the status quo. Um, but that organization, it's called Iora Health, they really put at the top of their priority list uh, the well-being of their team. And the results are, are really astounding. Um, and they've done that in virtually every setting imaginable, whether it's Medicare, union populations, uh, private sector. They actually have a clinic um, in uh, the Queens, uh, Jackson Heights, which is in the Queens part of New York, that uh, is targeting undocumented workers who are not addressed in the Affordable Care Act. And so they've really proven in every setting how much of a difference that can make, and it's, and it's neat to visit these clinics. How do you identify an organization like that? What are the, the hallmarks, the flags, the, the triggers, the, the clues? Yeah, um, good question. Um, you know, it's not as easy as you'd hoped it to be. I mean, you kind of have to seek that out. The, the thing that towards that end um, that I've been catalyzing is an open source project I call Health Rosetta. You know, as indecipherable as the, um, you know, Egyptian hieroglyphics were at one time, healthcare is similarly indecipherable. And it was frustrating to me that it wasn't easier to answer that question. So I put that out there and said, hey, let's just, you know, sort of like Wikipedia uh, is open source. Um, and you look at getting back to that earlier topic of we know more than half the dollars we spend don't add value. Well, what is that model blueprint for how to acquire healthcare? And then within that really at the foundation was 
a value-based primary care model. So if you go there, if you Google Health Rosetta, it will list organizations like Iora. There's other ones, you know, scattered around the country, and you can go to their site and you can see their different clinics. So it's not as seamless as you'd hope, um, but it's getting better. Actually, Iora, I actually just broke a story earlier this week um, that United Health, uh, which is the largest uh, private insurer, uh, they have a brand they call Harkin Health, and the actual care team is Iora Health. And so they're making that available uh, presently. I believe it's in Chicago and Atlanta, um, and, and they have plans to expand all over. So I wish it was easier, um, and I had a crisper answer, uh, but I'd say probably start with Googling Health Rosetta, and that will get you up. Yeah. All righty. Well, great tips. Now, Dave, before you go, I want to just get personal for a few minutes, if you'll bear with me. But you are becoming a real leader in the healthcare space with your position at Health Funder. And I wonder if you would tell us who you in turn look up to as a role model. Boy, um, there's a lot of role models and I guess it depends on which dimension. I mean, the, the first one that comes to my head is, is my father uh, and my parents. Uh, my dad's a tremendous role model, you know, not famous or anything, but um, you know, has uh, led a great life, um, being a, active in his community and successful in business. Um, so there's people, you know, so he's certainly at the top of my list. Um, you know, back to kind of our realm and the, you know, the business world, uh, what I see over and over are do- these doc entrepreneurs, uh, like the, the founder of IOR Health. His name is Rushika Fernandapule. Um, but there's these doc entrepreneurs like him, uh, Sheldon Ginsberg's another one, Bob Margolis. They're folks who um, basically knew, like a lot of doctors, that things aren't quite right and they weren't satisfied just to get along. And they stuck their neck out and did things maybe against their short-term financial interest to really be transformative. And, uh, you know, it's interesting when you talk to these individuals some of the arrows that they took. And uh, I think it was Bob Margolis who told me that, uh, you know, some of his colleagues uh, in the professional world were calling him a communist for how he had this team-based care model and his approach. Um, But he he stuck at it. And uh, that uh, so-called communist uh, had his company acquired for four and a half billion dollars. So he did okay. uh, (laughs) Right by his patients. So, uh, it does take those people, and I really admire those doc entrepreneurs who are doing that. Now, Dave, why do you care about improving healthcare and and seeing impact come through that channel? Well, um, you know, there's there's the personal level of I think our kids are always a motivator and wanting to leave a better place for them, um, and so that's that's certainly the path we're on. Uh, we're really stealing the future of our kids, by the way, we're decimating education budgets. And um, so there's that level. Uh, and then the, at the you know other end of the continuum, um, you know, I'm a believer in the, the country and people reaching their full potential. And uh, I really feel like we're falling far short of that. And, you know, I, again, going back to my father, I mean, he really, uh, and mother too, um, they gave me a sense of community spirit 
And uh, I mean, they were audited when they were newlyweds because by the IRS because they thought you couldn't give that much money with that low of income. Um, and so they really gave me that that orientation. And so um, I do feel, I mean, I happen to be fortunate in my generation. I wasn't called to, uh, you know, fight World War II or something like that. But I do feel like uh, we have that kind of existential threat right now. Um, and so it's very easy to get up in the morning and, and try to tackle that from both uh, vantage points, the big picture as well as the family level. Yeah. Well, Dave, one last question. Uh, we ask all our guests for uh, what I call an impact hack, some tip that would help us do more good. Uh, what's yours? Boy, impact hack. Um, I think, you know, it's starting at home um, and whether it's, um, you know, I, I do believe that the the movements happen at the grassroots level. And so uh, if you're an employee or you're a business owner, um, the sort of things that Harris Rosen have done um, can be done at that level um, and saying we don't have to accept that status quo and you can vote with your feet. I mean, these organizations, they are doing fairly well, but they're they need support. Um, and so I think that that's a great place to start because the ripple effect is so significant um, when that that happens. So that's what comes to mind immediately. Uh, maybe after our our visit, I'll add something to the uh, the show notes. Um, but that's that's kind of where it starts for me. Uh, great. Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to be with us today. Before you go, Dave, give us some. Um, some information about how people can connect with you, learn more about Health Thunder and participate in the deals on the platform. Yeah, uh, great question. I appreciate that opportunity. So uh, Chase Dave is generally the, um, you know, it's my Twitter handle. It's my handle on a number of different social media uh, places. Um, Health Thunder, which is spelled like it sounds, except drop the E, kind of like Flickr. Um, uh, you can go there and, um and then, you know, follow me on Twitter. And then there's a lot of links there as well as on LinkedIn. Um, and you can, uh, if you have insomnia, uh, you'll be buried in, in plenty of writing that I have there. And, and hopefully some of that uh, is interesting to you. Well, I appreciate you very much taking the time to be with us. And we wish you every success in your efforts to drive impact in the healthcare space. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Devin. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. And let's do some good. At the intersection of financial services and social media, Gate Global Impact, GGI, uses new market infrastructure to facilitate investments in organizations that deliver a societal, environmental, and or a cause-related benefit in addition to a financial return. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devonthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devon hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, 
and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.